0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Get Lit Minute, your weekly podcast for all things poetic, poetry, and poets. This series is produced by Get Lit Words Ignite, which is a nonprofit organization that uses poetry and spoken word to increase literacy and empower young people. My name is Nia Lewis. In this podcast, we focus on the lives, history, and works of classic poets and modern-day contemporary poets. Today, y'all, we are going to be talking about contemporary poet and professor Tracy see Brimhall. Brimhall was born in 1982 in Little Falls, Minnesota, a town around 10,000 people. She moved about 10 times growing up because of her father's career and her parents' divorce. She remembers writing even from an early age. One memory that stands out for her was when she wrote a poem for her mother that she was teased about by her father because she had misspelled beautiful as B-U-T-I-F-U-L. She remembers writing lots of rhyming poems about her feelings through out high school. Though she began to formally study poetry in college at creative writing workshops and in undergraduate courses at Florida State University. After graduating, she remembers that she stopped writing and for a few years, she says that, She settled down in a good job in the arts, had a house, a dog, a comfortable relationship, and I was utterly miserable. I can't remember another time in my life that I felt that numb." Poetry, Brimhall said, was the thing she loved enough to uproot her life. After taking a trip to China where her brother's jazz band was touring, Brimhall says that she was stuck after watching him perform by... How he loved his music, how she had never allowed herself to love something so much that she would put it first in her life. She was also working at a theater at the time where many actors had advanced degrees, so she felt like going back to school would be a logical next step for her. Brimhall received her MFA at Sarah Lawrence College, then went on to pursue her PhD at Western Michigan University. She has continued to keep this love and passion at the forefront of her writing piece, leaving some advice to young writers. Brimhall said, Just in case there are other poets like me out there who started writing because they loved it and then grew to judge themselves harshly every time they wrote because what they wrote wasn't as good as they wished it was. I would say that every time you wanted to get mad at yourself or give up on writing, love it harder. And I I truly love that because sometimes when I'm writing, I dig myself into a hole and then I get this horrible writer's block and I'm like, I'm not a writer. I'm not a right. what is writing? How do you even start a poem? How do you start an essay? How do you start anything in life? And it's so true because when you love it harder it's like all of your passion just like comes out and it's just like when you're really focused on it and when you're just like no like i love doing this i know i'm good at it like you have to talk down to yourself like if you don't get it together like come on you love this this is what you do it really brings out your best work the best you um when you're writing so i really i really love that all I, all i have to do is love it harder when asked about her favorite books growing up tracy said that she didn't really read any children's books but that she was raised with the bible and comic books which maybe explains a lot of my poems Religious symbolism appears frequently throughout her works, from poems titled as prayers, requiems, and dirges, to explicit references to biblical images and stories. Tracy didn't grow up with a very formal religious education, though. Her family explored all sorts of different churches, trying everything from Baptist, Methodist, Episcopalian, Lutheran, and Pentecostal. She reflected that it was perhaps that instability, what she describes as a spiritual upheaval that may have made her feel so drawn to ritual, Her works are often rooted in the physical body, a motif that she sees as a means of expressing the metaphysical and abstract in a concrete and literal way through physical sensations like the tightening of the throat or the sinking of the stomach. Tracy has said that her own childhood rarely serves as inspiration for her writing. It was her mother's story rather that appealed to her imagination. Her mother, who grew up in Brazil, told stories about her upbringing all throughout Brimhall's childhood, which excited her with tales of foods she had never eaten, a language she didn't understand, and a landscape she had never visited. Because her mother told these stories without much detail and embellishment, Brimhall says that they provided the perfect basis for her to creatively invent her mother's history and thereby discover her own. Her third poetry collection, Saudade, published in 2017, is what she calls an autobiography, combining real history, imagined events, and private moments from her mother's and her own life. Brimhall's mother passed away while writing this collection, which, she said, forced her to struggle with how she could treat the material, saying that taking ownership of my mother's story is both homage and disfigurement. For example, she was inspired by the story her mother told her of accidentally chopping off her finger with a machete while chopping wood and having to take a boat to a bigger town to get a doctor to stitch it back on. In one of the poems in the collection, Brimhall writes of a girl who loses her hand, but the hand remains functional, writing poems on trees and performing miracles. She sees the collection both as honoring her mother and imagining her own origins. Brimhall is the author of four poetry collections. Her most recent, Come the Slumberless to the Land of Nod, was published in 2020 and follows Brimhall's grappling with a series of condescending emotional events in her life, from the murder trials for a friend who was killed, a trip across the Arctic during her pregnancy and the birth of her son, her mother's death, and the end of her marriage. In many ways, the writing process was healing. She reaccounted in an interview with Lambergeier I have grief rituals, such as cooking my mom's favorite meals and watching movies or shows that we would have watched together, that are a part of the grief theory of continuing bonds. However, The grief rituals that feel the most satisfying are the ones where I get to be creative, making hospice blankets and writing poems. The balance of these two is probably important, but the cooking and the watching makes me feel the goneness. The imagination lets me feel the ever-presentness of the dead and like many grievers, I like how close those creative acts can bring me to the people I've lost. On the other hand brimhall says that she continued to feel acutely especially after her friend's murder a drive for vengeance which she said in her mind did not agree with but her heart felt justified in she also deals with these themes in her writing the epistolary series dear euros and dear thanatos that appear in this collection were an ongoing project over the course of multiple years where she addressed Euros, the Greek god of love and desire, and Thanatos, the Greek god of death, or what she saw as an abstraction of the darkness within her. Brimhall is also the author of the collection, Our Lady of the Ruins, published in 2012, which she wrote while driving alone across the country, living in her car and sleeping in parking lots and parks most of the time or staying with friends. This transitionary period had a major impact on her writing and mentality, Brimhall recalls. She began a daily practice of gratitude because she says, There were always things to be thankful for especially in this most beautiful and most precarious time in her life she would also write poems on postcards and send them without copying any lines down an approach she described as very freeing to write something and let go Brimhall is also the author of the collection Rookery, published in 2010, and the children's book Sophia and the Boy Who Fell, published in 2017. Friendship and collaboration is another important motivating factor in her writing. When she was young, Tracy remembers she would read poetry to feel less alone. Now poetry has helped her not only communicate her life to a wide audience of readers, but has also connected her with writing partners and friends. Brimhall is also the co-author of two chapbooks with Brian Saito, Bright Power, Deep Peace, and Wild Recovery, as well as a variety of poetic comic collaborations with Aaron Cruft. Some of Brimhall's poetic influences include Anne Carson, Joy Harjo, Bridget P. Kelly, Claudia Rankin, Natalie Diaz, Lee Young Lee, Robert Hayden, and more. Tracy Brimhall is the recipient of the 2011 Bernard Women Poets Prize, the 2009 Crab Orchard Series in Poetry First Book Award, the Just Desserts Short Fiction Prize from Passages North the Annie Diller Award for Creative Nonfiction from Bellingham Review, the Jane Getsky Award for Poetry from Perry Schooner, and the Cecile Hemley Award from the Poetry Society of America. She received the National Endowment for the Arts Literature Fellowship in Poetry in 2013, the JC and Ruth Halls Poetry Fellowship at the Wisconsin Institute for Creative Writing in 2009, and was the 2012 Summer Poet-in-Resident at the University of Mississippi. She has also received scholarships and fellowships from the Breadloaf Writers Conference, the Suwannee Writers Conference, the Writers Center of Bethesda, Vermont Studio Center, the Disquiet International Literary Program, and the Arctic Circle Residency. She currently lives in Manhattan, Kansas with her son, Elliot. She has described it as a lovely place for him to grow up because of its holidays and seasonal festivities like the Christmas tree lighting and the fall pumpkin patch. She is an associate professor and director of creative writing at Kansas State University. Brimhall's writing merges the everyday with the surreal, the mythic, and the personal. Her writing process is constantly changing, sometimes writing just a line or two before a meeting, other times writing a lot as to comb through to find out what she likes. Her revision process involves asking her poem a series of questions until she feels satisfied by what it answers. Most of all, Brimhall's work follows a sort of formal structure because she says, It is important for her to exercise restraint as a self-defined hoarder in poems. She finds it helpful to use form as a guide to keep her from cluttering her writing. She uses tercets, for example, because of the instability that they suggest while also pacing out her dense language into shorter stanzas so as to prevent her reader from being forced to take in all of her weird wildness at once. Her philosophy on her craft as a whole follows in the same vein. Rather than overwhelming and inundating the reader with too much all at once, she sees a poem as a museum, a curated collection with individual rooms full of sights that dazzle gradually. Now, I don't know about y'all, but I am ready to get into Tracy Brimhall's poem that is featured in our Get Lit anthology entitled, Oh Wonder. And guess what y'all? This poem is in set form. Brimhall uses nature and animal imagery in a lot of her works, including this poem, to locate her poems in a specific place. She also connects this natural imagery with personal experiences, feelings, and memory. So, here is Tracy Brimhall's poem entitled, Oh Wonder. It's... The garden spider, who eats her mistakes at the end of the day so she can billow in the lung of night, dangling from an insecure branch or caught on the coral spur of a dove's foot in sleep. Her spinnerets trailing radles like ungathered hair. It's a million pound cumulus, it's the stratosphere holding it miraculous. It's a mammatus rolling her weight through dusk and to unhook and shake free the hail. Sometimes it's so ordinary it escapes your notice. Potos reaching for windows, ease of an avocado slipping its skin. A porcelain boy with lamp black eyes told me most mammals have the same average number of heartbeats in a lifetime. It is the mouse engine that hums too hot to last. It is the blue whale's slow electricity. Six pumps per minute is the way to live centuries. I think it's also the hummingbird I saw in a video, lifted off a cement floor from firefighters and fed sugar water until she was again a tempest. It wasn't when my mother lay on the garage floor and my brother lifted her while I tried to shout louder than her sobs, but it was her heart, a washable ink. It was her dark's genius, how it moans slow enough to outlive her. It is the orca who pushes her dead calf a thousand miles before she drops it or it falls apart, and it is also when she plays with her pawn the day after. It is the night my son tugs at his pajama collar and cries, the sad is so big, I can't get it all out. And I behold him, astonished, his sadness as clean and abundant as spring, his thunder heart a marvel I refuse to invade with empathy. And outside, clouds groan like gods, a garden spider consumes her home. It's knowing she can leave it tomorrow between citrus leaves and earth. It's her chamberless heart cleaving the length of her body. It is lifting my son into my lap to witness the birth of his grieving. Wow, you guys. I love that Tracy is able to turn her grief into something so beautiful and so magical and the line oh my god i feel like i'm about to cry the line that really got to me was it is the orca who pushes her dead calf a thousand miles before she drops it or it falls apart after she talks about you know her own mother and it's there's like nothing more beautiful than a mother's love and it affects a person when they don't have motherly love it affects a person when they had motherly love and now it's gone like she picked the best imagery to really explain that and just that line itself like as soon as i like saw that i was just like whoa i was not not ready for that one i loved the hummingbird feeding sugar water it's just this poem is absolutely so beautiful and the way that she uses nature to express grief and sadness but also make it beautiful and happy is chills literal chills thank you guys so much for tuning in with us on all things tracy brimhall make sure that you share this podcast with your friends and family members and i'll see y'all next week bye Get Lit Minute is a production of Get Lit Words Ignite. This podcast is produced by Samuel Curtis, executive produced by Diane Luby Lane, and engineered by Peter Davis. This episode was researched and written by Sakura Price, alongside me, Neil Lewis. Our production coordinator is Sophia Denunzio. Lucas Lane is our digital editor, and our editorial advisors are Kelly Grace Thomas and Colleen Hamilton. Special thanks to the entire Get Lit staff and donors who make this work possible, the teachers who use this podcast to educate their students, and to all students of life everywhere for tuning in and spending time with us today. If you want to hear more, check out the rest of our episodes on our website, getlit.org. That is G-E-T-L-I-T dot O-R-G. See you then.